create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Can you be highly successful in business and highly spiritual at the same time? Let's take this question a step further. Is there a direct relationship between your spirituality and great success? Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. We're fortunate that our host, Audible, is enriching lives. They are offering you, our storytellers, a free audiobook download of your choice, plus a one-month free trial of all of Audible's service. And you get to choose from more than 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and take advantage of this wonderful gift. Remember that this show is enriched by our dialogue with you. So keep your comments and inspired thoughts coming. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. Today's guest is a woman who is impressively successful and highly spiritual. A former high school drama teacher who collaborated with none other than Bette Midler, a graduate of NYU where she received her first coach training, Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award-winning virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles, 21-day discovery series that attracted close to 6,000 official registrants from all around the world, including Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, and the list goes on and on. She has appeared on Lifetime Television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success alongside Deepak Chopra. She is an excellent facilitator and she specializes in helping people to release lifelong limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and learn how to build their businesses in a way that actually feels so good they can't help but create solid, sustainable, high-level financial success. She is the founder and leader of the highly sensitive entrepreneur movement. Get excited to learn from Heather Dominic. Heather, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you so much. I think that is the best introduction I have ever received. <laughs> wow, thank you so much. I got a secret for you. You know who wrote that? Who? You. Did I really put it all in that beautiful order? Or was it just the magnificent way that you read it that made it sound so wonderful? <laughs> well, I tell my guests, because a lot of them go, oh, wow, that's such a great intro. But I say, well, I spoke the words, but you lived it and brought it into life. So you did create that. 
That is true. I know I did all of those things, but it sounded super fantastically fabulous coming out of your mouth. So thank, thank you. you so much. Well, you know, we do have something in common. You have a love for drama. I'm a professional actor. Oh, there's the magic. <laughs> ah, it helps. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I want to know if you had a childhood dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up. Yeah, it's such a great question. I so appreciate that because I really do believe that our life purpose philosophy is really established from early on. So the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that question, in all honesty, was that two of my favorite games to play when I was younger was restaurant waitress and school teacher. And I will say I have lived my way into both of them. <laughs> you, so you, you I did waited the, you tables. Did, really? Where, yeah. did you, where did you wait tables? So I waited tables every summer in high school and college. And I grew up near a very touristy area in upstate New York called Lake George. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I waited tables and I learned so much from that job in regards to organization and people skills and really being able to, you know, really think on my feet. And then I have also lived my way into being a teacher. And I have done that in many different forms. As you mentioned, I was a high school drama teacher. Before that, I was actually what was known at that time in New York City as a teaching artist. And now I would really say the heart of my self-employment, which I've been self-employed for the last 14 years, I'm a coach and I'm a mentor, but really at the heart is I am a teacher. And you serve people. I serve people. Yes, that's a beautiful dot connection, Lewis. <laughs> well, you know, this is going to blow your mind, you know, because there are no accidents. I waited on tables in New York City. Mm -hmm. Wow, when I was, uh, I was act a struggling actor in New York, and I have been, and still am to a great extent, a teacher. And I've taught drama in three universities, and I've taught professional acting classes as well. Well, I would say, as you said, there are no accidents, and you and I are definitely meant to be connected. I think so. We're probably going to have to talk beyond this podcast. I would love that. Good. Who would you say influenced you the most when you were a child? I would say that probably who influenced me the most was my father, um, he was always really encouraging of what I wanted to do, whatever that might be, and never really imposed his own fears or anxieties or insecurities uh, on me. And I always just really felt like I had an open door to create and accomplish. And that's especially meaningful because as I learned later in life that 
My father has extreme anxiety disorders, and he really did such a beautiful job of, again, not imposing those on me. And especially since I lost my mother when I was 14. And so the fact that we were able to manage that type of extreme loss and trauma in addition to a disorder that my father was dealing with and again felt like I, you know, had a full open door to create and accomplish feels pretty significant. Wow. He sounds like a really special human being. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he's also the one who introduced me to the psychological and spiritual curriculum of A Course in Miracles after my mother did die when I was 14. And now, you know, I've been a student of the course since that time. And the teachings from the course are also a a real significant thread throughout the work that I do in my Business Miracles mentoring programs for highly sensitive entrepreneurs. You must have met Marianne Williamson, yeah? I have done a lot of work with Marianne Williamson throughout the years, yes. Yeah, she's a very beautiful woman, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. When did you become attracted to entrepreneurship? Well, it's very interesting because I definitely do not have the more standard or stereotypical story of being an entrepreneur since I was young. That was not me at all. I was actually just terrified of selling Girl Scout cookies. I was a super shy child and what really led me to start my own business, I have to say, was probably, although I wouldn't have been able to say it at the time, but in retrospect, was 9-11. Whoa. Yeah, that was a really intense time for me. I, just in the weeks before 9-11, I had left a public school teaching job on Long Island, and uh, the Long Island school district that I was working in was the highest paying, excuse me, second highest paying school district in New York, at that time anyway, in New York State. And I left that job, and I took a 50% pay cut to work at an inner city school in Manhattan, where I was living and still live. Also that I could really change my lifestyle and primarily in regards to my commute. So when I was teaching on Long Island, I had a three hour round trip train commute. And at the public high school that I chose to teach at in Manhattan, I was able to walk to work within 20 minutes. At that time in my life, I didn't know that I was highly sensitive But having learned that I'm highly sensitive, it makes so much sense to me now that I made that kind of decision because, again, financially, it was just a, you know, not a wise decision, although nothing is by accident, as you said earlier, and all steps lead to where we need to be. But I I took that new teaching job was just a couple weeks. I started just, you know, really the week before 9-11. After I started that new teaching job with like teacher orientation, and then the romantic relationship I was in at the time, the man that I was with told me that 
He never loved me and he left. And then just a few days later was 9-11. I lived less than a mile from 9-11 and worked just over a mile from 9-11 from the World Trade Center, Ground Zero. And that event changed so many lives, obviously, and mine was one of them. And again, I don't think I could have said it at the time, but in retrospect, I can look back and I can definitely see that I started looking at things differently as a result. And I didn't leave my teaching job immediately. I stayed at that second teaching job for another three years. And yet I had this kind of pull that I was meant to be doing something more. I loved my students. I loved the work. I felt very suffocated by the system. And that was really, I would say, the impetus to stepping into being self-employed where I can, you know, have more power and ability to create my life every single day. Mm, I love the story and share something else with you. Are you familiar? Does the name Omar Martin mean anything to you? It doesn't. Well, doesn't necessarily have to because he's a, he's a top internet marketer. Omar, brilliant man, lived in New York. He was a first responder. Mm. Uh, he worked, well, he, uh, he was a um, paramedic. He was not in the 9-11 event, but he lost friends in it. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, studying to be a, a doctor. When that happened, he just, his life turned upside down. He got into his car and he drove to Florida, not knowing what he was going to do with his life. Gets there, meets his future wife, and discovers his talent for internet marketing as one of the top seven-figure earning marketers right now in the world. Mm. Well, I'm not surprised. I would say probably Omar and I are two of millions. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Yeah. By that actually, you know, way. this this would make a, actually an interesting an interesting movie. But yeah. that's I always think in those terms. I mean, you know, in terms of dramatic stories that you know are inspired by real life. Yep. So you talked about discovering that you're highly sensitive. Now, what does that mean to you? Because I'm sure everybody hearing that it will mean something different. Sure, absolutely. So I'll actually answer that with official terminology from Dr. Elaine Aaron, who is the founding researcher on highly sensitive persons. And her work really came to the forefront in the mid-90s. And according to Dr. Aaron and her research, there are 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive across the global population. And what that really means is it's about the way that your nervous system is wired. And the very just to the point explanation is that for those of us who are highly sensitive, we react to external stimulation differently than someone who's not highly sensitive. So for example, someone who's not highly sensitive, maybe they would find something, you know, somewhat stimulating or not even stimulating at all, maybe something extreme like a rock concert or 
less extreme and more day-to-day, like multitasking. And what a non-highly sensitive person would find, again, not really stimulating, maybe a little stimulating, will be most likely off the chart stimulating to a person who's highly sensitive. Mm. So through my work, which is an extension of Dr. Aaron's work, for those of us who are highly sensitive and also called to be self-employed, I've identified 12 top HSE shadows and HSE strengths. And so just for an example, some HSE shadows are overwhelm. Another HSE shadow is analysis paralysis. Another shadow is people pleasing. And those are just some examples of when you, as a person who's highly sensitive, have not learned how to manage your highly sensitive nature so that it can really work for you rather than against you. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I totally relate to what you're talking about. And uh, what we're learning now about the ability to rewire our own nervous systems makes it exciting for many, many people, I believe, right, to enter into that enriching realm of being highly sensitive. Absolutely. That is really such a core component Mm. of my work. And I just finished leading recently an in-person training retreat for my Business Miracles mentoring program members and neuroplasticity was a real heart of that training retreat and all of the new research in this new century that has become available that really shows scientifically that our brain and our nervous system is absolutely capable of rewiring. You must be familiar with the book, The Biology of Belief. I sure am. Dr. Lipton, absolutely. A membraneologist. Who knew? (laughs) <laughs> and and you probably have listened to it on audio, right? I have not listened to it on audio, actually. I did the old-fashioned reading of the actual hard copy. <laughs> well, yeah. I applaud you because I listened to it, and I love it. But I realized that it, it is so dense in terms of yes. its terminology. I said, if I were reading this, I'd have a real challenge. It's but, intense. <laughs> but, <laughs> So applying this to an entrepreneur, what is a highly sensitive entrepreneur? Like describe what that person's work life or entrepreneurial life is like that distinguishes him or her from a regular entrepreneur. Sure, absolutely. So in real like watered down basic terms sounds so obvious, but a highly sensitive entrepreneur is a person who is highly sensitive and is also called to be self-employed. We take it further from there, and I like to say that those of us who are highly sensitive entrepreneurs, we are, as Dr. Elaine Aaron refers to, we are the royal advisors of our global culture and society. So because of how our nervous system is wired because of how we are naturally coded. We are drawn to serve in self-employment, service-based, you know, businesses such as coaches, healing practitioners, 
creative entrepreneurs. And that includes, of course, you know, all different types of nuances. But again, because of the HSE strengths that I've identified, we really are. We really are meant to be the excellent coaches, healers, and creatives of this time that are so very much needed. Now, as I mentioned earlier as well, if we have not been taught how to really be our best highly sensitive selves, which most of us have not, then our shadows can really end up working against us when it comes to all of the aspects that are absolutely needed in order to be successfully self-employed, marketing, selling, operations. So everything that I teach is about how to be able to step into those business practices in a way that's aligned with who you are as a highly sensitive. Because someone who's not highly sensitive, who is of the other 80% and is also called to be self-employed, they're going to approach marketing and selling and operations very differently because they don't see and perceive and um, respect bond to all of the stimulation that self-employment definitely provides, they don't respond to it in the same way as a person who's highly sensitive does. You're talking to my heart. Mm, <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you, I'm going to mention a name. I can guess that you are familiar very much with this person, Joe Polish. I know of Joe Polish. I for sure do. Because in my mind, what you're describing, he's at the forefront of that. Which part? highly sensitive. Yeah, maybe I would say I would agree with you. Well, I don't know if you've listened to his podcast, I Love Marketing. I have listened to episodes of his podcast, yes. And what blows me away about it is that it's called I Love Marketing, but it's really a powerful personal development seminar. I listened to a new one he just did with, do you know Annie Lala? I don't. She's the wife of Eben Pagan, who's a top mm. marketer. Mm -hmm. And her specialty is relationships and love. And they did a two-hour episode on true love. And they related it to marketing. And it was so powerful because Joe is a very giving person, helping hundreds of thousands of people. And he's totally transparent and vulnerable about his own struggles in the world, his addictions, his, the abusive life that he was exposed to when he was a kid. And he dates a lot of women, but he hasn't found the love of his life. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what Annie and Eben decided was they love him so much, they want to help him find his ideal soulmate. And the whole show was devoted to that and a discussion of what is the nature of true love. And you, it'll blow you away if you listen to it. I am definitely going to look for that episode. It sounds fantastic. It's one of the latest ones. Great. Yeah, it Great. Just, just happened about a week ago. She actually created a um, an email that she's going to be in charge of called findjoelove at gmail.com. Okay, awesome. And she wants women to respond to the description that he wrote for the woman that he's looking for to, to send in their submissions. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Mm, yeah. Anyway, th this conversation, I just love it because, I mean, this is the world that I move in a lot. So what did you have to overcome? Any major obstacles in your own self, your own shadows to achieve your success? Oh, where do I start? 
<laughs> Any place you want. <laughs> yeah, there's so much in all honesty and you know, very similar to, as you just shared about Joe Polish, everything that I really teach and mentor on in my work really comes from my own experience. So I would say just to give some highlights, um, back to 9-11. And as I had mentioned, I took a 50% pay cut to change jobs from the high school on Long Island to the inner city high school in Manhattan. And as part of that job change, although it was not the smartest, I wasn't completely ignorant or naive. And I had lined up some after school work, uh, so like some after school program work to help supplement the income loss that I was going to experience because of that job change. And after 9-11, my city, New York, just completely shut down. And there were many businesses that went out of business and programs that ceased to exist. And those included the programs that I had lined up as supplemental income. And so I was left with very little additional income generating options. And as a result, had to declare bankruptcy. And so I did that in the year following 9-11. I don't even think it had been a full 12 months. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it, maybe just over. And so then when I started my business three years later, I was starting my business under in the midst of bankruptcy. And anyone who does or doesn't know anything about personal bankruptcy, that's a seven year uh, time frame where you're kind of like really, you know, caught in not having any credit um, not being able to establish credit and, you know, really being able to only operate with what you have. And so I had saved up, um, six months worth of income during my final year of teaching before I became self-employed. And I really just scrimped and saved And like brought my lifestyle down to like bare bone basics. And that was just enough income to make it six months. Again, living bare bones uh, if I didn't, you know, enroll any clients. And then I took a quarter of that actually within one month of stepping into self-employment. And I invested it in a mentoring program because I knew nothing about being self-employed. I mean, I had been a high school teacher. So not only did I not know anything about marketing and selling, but I didn't even use a computer on a regular basis. Plus, you know, that was in the early 2000s. So the internet wasn't even anything that it is now. But I mean, I knew nothing. You know, I was like teaching myself HTML. I was like learning you know, I was learning marketing, I was learning selling, you know, all just by like the skin of my teeth. Um, So that was really the beginning. And 
from there, I would say that one of the things that I always lead with in my own teaching now is that if you want a fast track to personal growth, start a business because (laughs) all of your S-H-I-T will come right up in your face and mine did and specifically my relationship with money which had been a really terrible disconnected dysfunctional relationship so I had to get very clear and very serious about you know who I was not just as a person who was self-employed, but who I was as a person in connection to my own sense of worth and value and how that then actualized into how I worked with and, you know, generated income, generated money. And I remember even within those first couple of years of being self-employed and you know, my first handful of clients, and I remember processing their credit card payments, and I would be entering it into my computer on my own by myself, and I would be sweating profusely (laughs) throughout it all, and so aware of how just terrified this made me. And so, you know, the good news is, is that I dug deep to really be able to heal that relationship with money. And now is so much of what I teach on within, you know, my money mindset training program. But I would say probably the umbrella around those two early on pieces, as well as so much that I've experienced since then, was that you know, those first few years of being self-employed, I can just remember so viscerally how absolutely terrified I was of everything, of everything that self-employment was requiring me to look at and step up into. And that was really the beginning of when I consciously made a decision to take my spiritual life and connect it to my business because I was so gosh darn again deeply terrified and I really specifically remember I was living in my you know one room studio Greenwich Village rent stabilized apartment and I was literally on my knees in front of my fold up futon not even my couch And I just had my hands pressed together and was like, you know, you've got, you've got to help me. You, God, force, universe, spirit, source, God, whatever language speaks to each and every one of us, you've got to help me. You've got to bring me to a place of, you know, knowing that I am doing the right thing. And And I've always, since that day, really combined the two rather than compartmentalized, including, you know, up to the point seven years ago, um, which was another really dark night of the soul in my business. I had brought my business to the seven figure mark and I had done it in a way that was unhealthy and 
of the other 80%. And what I now know through my own work is that I had really been triggered into what I now refer to as one of the HSE coping mechanisms, which is pushing. And I was just absolutely overwhelmed. I was overworked. I was over exhausted. And it was really that dark night where I discovered that I was highly sensitive. And discovering that I was highly sensitive, although I didn't have that language at the time, was not so surprising. But what was surprising was how highly sensitive I was. And that was really the beginning of, you know, digging deep to, you know, how can I do this work that I'm called to do, but in a way that really works for me. And I knew that it wasn't about the amount of income that had brought me to that place, but it was the way that I had gone about creating it. And, you know, I would say the second seven years have been a whole heck of a lot better. (laughs) So there's more, but those are three pretty, you know, significant moments, I would say, in response to your question. Well, fantastic answer and uh, lovely. It's actually... I was following you, a very vivid journey you just took us on, and a couple of really important things for our listeners. Could you identify the one really unhealthy characteristic, a bad relationship with money that you discovered in yourself? Yeah. Because you know, the reason, I, before you answer that, I mean, because my feeling has been for years that people don't acknowledge how emotional money is in their lives. Yeah. And yeah. I think that... Our society is really screwed up and confused about sex, but we're more screwed up about money. Yeah, I would say they really go hand in hand. (laughs) Well, they can be, but people today will find it easier to talk about their sex lives than they will to be able to talk clearly about. I mean, I want you to talk about why you were sweating when you were putting credit card payments in. I mean, that tells us something about, like you said, your dysfunctional relationship to money. Can you articulate that? Yes, I so appreciate that question. And I really appreciate the observation that, you know, with all of the movement, which still more to go in terms of how our society is able to talk about sex, you know, that we're not even nearly as far when it comes to money. So I would say, you know, there's so much, but the real key is lack of consciousness. So, and when you talk about sex and money, and I say that they're very much related, at least that was my experience. So I know, for example, in my 20s, I could not, you know, I could not maintain a romantic relationship to save my life. And I couldn't really figure out why. And now I understand that I was definitely in my HSE shadows and, you know, our highly sensitive shadows because I wasn't self-employed at that time. And one of our traits when misused as a highly sensitive is because we have the ability to really pick up on subtleties within another person or an environment, we can tend to what I now refer to as chameleon ourselves to another person, meaning we can figure out kind of what another person really wants us to be, and we can make ourselves into that. Well, of 
course, that process is unhelpful because you are then not showing up genuinely. You're not showing up authentically. And when you spend a majority of your time chameleoning yourself to other people, you are further and further away from knowing who you really are. And knowing who you really are and accepting and embracing and claiming that is so important for those of us who are HSEs. But because I did not have that day-to-day experience of being literally comfortable in my own skin, I then therefore also did not have a sense of my own worth and value. And that immediately and automatically translated to my relationship with money. And so I was not conscious to who I was. So then therefore I wasn't conscious to my value and worth. And then therefore I couldn't show up consciously with money. So processing those credit card payments while completely sweating was literally that visceral experience of feeling like a fraud, Mm. which is so much of what so many highly sensitives experience because of who we are in our traits and strengths is so different than the other 80% that we've unconsciously processed the um, experience of not enough that we are not up to par, we aren't up to measure of the other 80%. And deep down, we know that we never can be the other 80%. And so the wires get crossed, right? Back to that biology of belief, the wires get crossed within the brain and we make meaning out of that to, again, not being enough, being a fraud. And again, all comes back to consciousness. And the more conscious you are, and I will speak to say the more conscious I became to who I was, the value and worth of what I am able to provide as a person who's highly sensitive and as a person who is an HSE, a highly sensitive entrepreneur, further deeper connection to my value and worth. And then therefore that translates into a more genuine, authentic, powerful, and, you know, really harmonious relationship with money. I love yeah. it. And yeah. the, the key word that comes up for me, like the, an umbrella for everything you said, is the word deserve. Mm-hmm. That, you know, in my journey of personal development, one of the courses I took, Enlightened Warrior, they, mm-hmm. had, a, they had a declaration I am a generous giver. And then they asked us to really emphasize the last part of it. And an excellent receiver. Mm. Because as they pointed out, most people are more comfortable giving. That's the chameleon part that you're describing than receiving. And when it comes to saying, I receive that, I deserve that. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, a simple example is, uh, women, men do it too. But, uh, let's say a woman meets another woman and she says, wow, those are beautiful shoes. And the other woman immediately goes, oh, 
they were only eight dollars i got them on sale mm. and, right and right away don't say wow thank you i received mm-hmm. them or to say yeah they are beautiful shoes i really love them yeah because that feels uncomfortable the, the money thing is is just that to be able to say you know what what do you charge i charge uh five thousand dollars an hour what because immediately people in their mind i can't do that that's greed sure. no it's no Everyone's it's story comes up you know the story i always say is that you know you never know another person's money story it's only based on the projection of your own totally mm-hmm. and you know it's greed if what you're offering doesn't have any value but if they if you're charging five thousand dollars an hour and you're delivering fifty thousand dollars worth of value it's a bargain for sure absolutely you're... yeah so I love was that. that enlightened warrior program was that t harv yeah 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 i did so much studying and training in all different forms of money work when i was really diving deep and yeah back in the day i when tihar was actually still leading his seminars i was there (laughs) did you do i did quantum leap i did the whole program oh fantastic Yeah, yeah 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 warrior wizard mind of steel heart of gold Three camps, the three camps. Yeah, great tape, excuse me, great titles as well. <laughs> well, just, you know, uh, Warrior, five days, changed my entire outlook on life for the rest of my life. Mm. See, see, I tell this to people, I went into that course, a hypochondriac, I came out five mm-hmm. days later and never worried about my health again. Wow, that's amazing. Uh-huh. That's so powerful. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. We could talk for seven hours. Let's I see. know. <laughs> As a matter of fact, as you notice, we're not going to get to all the questions I intended to ask. It doesn't matter because these questions that are coming up are organic to this conversation. Yes. So, you know, one of the things is, do you feel that there's a, a new age of doing business and the, we can feel it around us, new values, new rules, and it's related to this introduction of the spiritual element to business? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, my personal opinion is that this new way of being in business is emerging within this new century simply because it's needed. Yep. And obviously there is a full global and continuous primarily corporate structure that is not impacted yet by this new wave and yet that does not in my opinion take away from the new wave that has started and this is where I really deeply believe that highly sensitive entrepreneurs are truly being called upon again as the royal advisors that are so needed within this global society at this particular time in our history, in our experience right here and right now. And so we must, as HSEs, be willing to face our own healing in order to be able to proactively step up into that role of healing that is so very much needed on the planet right now. Mm, Totally, totally agree with that. 
The one thing, though, I'd like to put forth, uh, this idea that maybe the corporations are being impacted. Some of them don't recognize it, and it's going to yes. be it's going to be disastrous for them because the Yuma, uh, Peter Diamandis does that name mean anything? No. Oh, Heather, you're going to get the book. Trust me. Okay. Bold, how to go big, create wealth, and impact the world. Somebody just told me about this book, but I did not recognize the author's name. Literally within the last two weeks, I have oh, oh been given God. that title. Oh, yes. You want to get it on audio? Okay. And uh, yeah, he's right now working with uh, lightweights in our culture like uh, Elon Musk, like uh, mm-hmm. Richard Richard Branson, you know, mm-hmm. you know and Joe Polish, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. what a community they've created. But, you know, the thing about it is that he the book is based on the fact that, uh, was it 50 or 63 million years ago, the dinosaurs dominated the planet. And then an asteroid struck and the dinosaurs didn't have the ability to withstand the blow. The planet had been shaken up and the dinosaur disappeared. He said, right now, that asteroid has already struck it's called digital technology. Mm-hmm. And those who do not recognize its impact and the fact that it's here and don't know how to embrace it are going to disappear. Mm-hmm. And a lot and a lot of the corporations are going to be facing that right now. Yes, I would really agree with that, which is why I said the word yet, because I do believe that the impact is reverberating and it will be interesting to see how... Yeah, how it all plays out. But I really appreciate that description of the dinosaur and the asteroid impact and how that's showing up here and now. And makes me think of Andrew Harvey, who's a UK author and spiritual teacher. And, you know, he's one of the only ones that I know who's coming out and really speaking about you know, that we are on the verge of extinction. And we really need to wake up to not only the way that we are being in business, but the way that we're just being in relationship with each other. And if we don't, then we are on a destructive path. And again, that's really where I truly believe, you know, HSEs have such a a key role to play at this pivotal time. Oh, listen, the Amandis is at the forefront of what you're talking about. And the beauty about his, what he's doing in terms of affecting a change is that he's putting forth a belief that the future is brighter than we think. That yes, yep, these forces are there that could destroy us, but he has opened up a conversation with people who are making the opposite happen. You must get. Well, we'll talk about it after. You're going to be. In, you're definitely going to be in touch with them. I, uh, I will see to that. <laughs> Fantastic! I love this, it. This is just great. I'm going to jump around here. I think, uh, by the way, we're going to. We should do another podcast because this is great stuff, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But there are so many other questions that we can just devote a different podcast to. I would love a part two. Yes. We'll we'll definitely do a part two. So can you give me a couple of keys of the money mindset of a sensitive entrepreneur? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, again, you know, that first real most important is to really know thyself. And that's such a key when it comes to a money mindset as an HSE, but really all aspects of being able to create HSE financial success. You have to be able to just know who you really are. And as part of that, then from there, a second key is I like to refer to it as what is your old money story and what is your new money story. And from there, a third piece is the practical piece of beginning to track how you relate to money. And I don't mean just within your business, although that's a very important skill to be able to develop as an HSE. And I teach income tracking in a way that it doesn't have to be overwhelming because as everything, we're not meant to look at our numbers in the way that the 80% looks at numbers within business, but tracking everything, like watching, not just what you do with money throughout the day and every day for at least 30 days, but also what you think and how you feel as you are interacting with money throughout the day. And all of those keys are so important, but that last key is absolutely, that is just a life changer for sure. Yeah, what you're doing is so, so important. Heather, who is your ideal client? Well, my ideal client is a highly sensitive entrepreneur, but I would say beyond that is an HSE who either has been in business and has created success, but in a way that's cost them. They have been in their business from one of the HSE coping mechanisms of pushing, hiding, or combo plattering, which is flip-flopping between the two. And they're ready to continue their financial success, but in a way that really now works for who they authentically are. Or someone who has just discovered that they're really being called to be in business as well as has realized that they're highly sensitive and wants to do it in a way that works for them right from the get-go. That's really who I'm here to serve. Beautiful. Now, what about people who have never really used that terminology for themselves, don't really recognize that they may be highly sensitive, but they're passionately drawn to being entrepreneurs? You might be able to, no, help them discover their sensitivities. Right. Well, I would say we need to know if you're highly sensitive or not, right, from the get-go. And, you know, that's just where the quiz that I've developed comes in that helps you to identify if you are a highly sensitive entrepreneur. And not just if you are, but when you take the quiz, you receive results that tell you, are you somewhat of an HSE? Are you a super HSE? Or are you like me and you're a super uber HSE? And then after you take the quiz, you receive a free success guide based on somewhat super or super uber that helps you begin to wrap your mind around this and how to get started. 
So that really is a first step when, you know, entering into one of my mentoring programs because everything that I do really is designed and geared to teach a person who's highly sensitive how to create financial success in a way that works for them. That's beautiful. It's so specific. It's not one size fits all. And I'm, I imagine that people can get access to that for free, right, online? Yes. Absolutely. I don't know if you're going to post it with the show notes or I oh, can get the yeah. URL, either one. Yeah, please tell me the URL and I will put it into, in my on my website. Okay, great. So it's just www.hsequiz.com. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I've been told that the quiz is very insightful and effective and also enjoyable and not overwhelming at all to take. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Do you have a favorite book? Well, I am such an avid reader. And I will say that, you know, for those of us who are highly sensitive, we do love to learn. So I but I would say that my favorite novel just goes back to tried and true for me, which is To Kill a Mockingbird. That is always, I will return to that book over and over again. And I would say, you know, on more of a, you know, higher level of study is um, I, in the last year, have read Dr. Christiane Northrup's book, Goddesses Never Age, and found that book to be a super really powerful and insightful for those of us who are women during this exciting new century time. And I would say from a business perspective, you know, I really always go back to Mr. Pritchett and his writings and teachings and find those really supportive as well. Mr. Pritchett? Yes, Mr. Pritchett. So he has written Quantum Leap and he's written some other really, Price Pritchett, he's written some other really great, just kind of short to the point books. Yeah, if you haven't heard of Price Pritchett, based on everything you and I have been talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Matter of fact, I was handed as a gift a short book by Price Pritchett by Bob Proctor. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. I, That's wow. like practically from the hand of God. <laughs> I know that. He was speaking in Toronto, and at the end of the talk, he had quoted from the book, and I went up to him, and I said, Bob, I, you know, great, like, where can I get that book? He smiled at me. He handed me his copy. He said, here. And he just gave it to me. Oh, that's a great story. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. You know Bob Proctor's from Toronto, eh? I did not know that. But yeah, of course, he... because in my opinion, although I'm not included in this, all good people come from Canada. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but Toronto happens to have <laughs> listen, you you know you know Dan Sullivan's strategic coach? Oh yes, do that's... I ever. Yeah, I did some of his programs. Toronto. I know. I know. know. It's amazing. (laughs) So what about a favorite quote? Oh, interesting. Gosh, a favorite quote. Well, I think I have to go back to A Course in Miracles and 
something that I say all the time, which really is the heart of everything that I do in A Course in Business Miracles, which is the definition of a miracle is a shift in perception. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's Marianne Williamson. Yes. Well, that's her work is all based on the course as well. But that quote comes from the course. Yes. The definition of a miracle is what? It's just a shift in a shift in perception. Yes. Is the word just in there? Just a shift? No. No. It's no. That's that. If I said it, that was my addition. (laughs) No, no, no. No, I don't think you did. I think I put it in there. So we've covered how people can contact you, which would be at that website, correct? Do you have another one as well? You can absolutely check out businessmiracles.com and you'll find the quiz there as well. But again, just directly to the quiz is hsequiz.com. Fantastic. Any final thoughts for our storytellers? I would just say, you know, if as you've been listening to this fabulous conversation, if you have an inkling that you might be highly sensitive and you are self-employed or feeling the call to be self-employed, definitely take the quiz because, again, I've gotten so much feedback about literally how eye-opening and life-changing it has been for so many to have that information as part of their entrepreneurial journey. You know, I want to add something here. I had never met you until today, and I could feel energetically that everything you're saying right now is absolutely true. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I know, I know that if someone works with you, they will be transformed. Thank you so much, because that really just means so much to me. It is absolutely the heart of everything that I do. It is what I dedicate myself to and feel so blessed to be a part of the transformational journey for so many and to really see it happen in front of my eyes. So I so appreciate that. Thank you. You have enriched our storytellers enormously today. Thank you. Thank you. This has been such a great conversation. And they will be a part two. Thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and Heather Dominic. Please pay this show forward. Let people know that they can hear it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. Of course, at the website, you have a free gift waiting for you that I've created. It is a downloadable free ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. In today's show, we referred to several really powerful books. I urge you to get your hands on at least one of them. Sacred Commerce, for instance, is definitely a game changer. Price Pritchett's book, Quantum Leap, is another one. These books will shift your mindset and help you to align your thinking with business, abundance, success, thriving, and living an extraordinary life in the 21st century. 
remember that you have access as a listener to this show to a free audio download of your choice of one of these books or any other from more than 120,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. I have been making an offer for the first three people to step forward and reach out to me to get a free consultation. I've done that in several of the uh, previous podcasts recently. I'm not doing it this time because I'm still following up with the individuals who did book an appointment with me. And I will resume that very enriching experience for me and for the people who um, come to meet me. Well, when I say come, I mean come to meet me on Skype or on Zoom or uh, via cell phone. I'm going to continue that in the very near future. One of the powerful things that I got from Heather's entire conversation was her point of view toward the world. She talks a lot about um, being a highly sensitive person. And when you listen closely, you begin to understand that she's talking about being in touch with your spiritual side. Now, if to some of you that still sounds like woo-woo, think about this. True wealth has a spiritual base. Anthony Robbins is always talking about that. He can amass millions, even billions, but he'll be the first one to tell you that it's not the actual thing, the money, that's important, but the mindset, the attitude toward life behind it that makes the money either enjoyable or can make the money a source of incredible pain. So I would really, really look closely at your own life and begin to look at your values and ask yourself, what are the things that I really say that I want, but then do my actions back that up? And like Heather, maybe you're struggling through a period of doubt, darkness, disbelief, and like Heather, you can step up into the light. Begin to step back from yourself. Be kind to yourself and ask, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.